Here's the big question. How is it that most entrepreneurs hustle and are always busy and struggle to take just one step forward only to fall two steps back? They're dedicated, determined, and driven, but only a few finally break through and win. This show uncovers those quantum leap patterns of highly successful people so you can simply model what they do and apply to your future success. That's the question, and the answers are right here. My name is Brigitte Höfele, and this is the Success Patterns Show. And welcome, everyone, to the Success Pattern Show. Happy Tuesday. It is that time again this week on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Welcome to the Success Pattern Show. My name is Brigitte Höfele. I'm the founder of the Success Pattern Movement and the CEO of the Center of NLP. And we are here to put the do in learn, do, teach. It's one of our, our core values, learn, do, teach. Because if you only learn and you're not implementing it and you're not teaching it to others, it just stays yours. And then what are you going to do with it? You know, self-help becomes shelf-help and it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help anyone else. So the Success Pattern Show, you know, people ask me, Brigitte, so Success Patterns, tell me more. Well, success is an interesting thing, as you probably know a thing or two about success pattern or success or not. Maybe that's why you're here. Because success uh, can take on the shape of the individual person or the individual success seeker. It's not limited to business or personal life or anywhere else in life. Success can be defined however you want to define it, whatever success is to you. And most of the time, I'm going to say success has nothing to do with finances, right? It's a unique concept. And within the success pattern show, we give you the scaffolding to build your own empire. And in this show, with this scaffolding, we are decoding these patterns that led to success for our guest experts. So you can then encode it for your own success today. And the patterns part of it, a pattern is an example for others to follow. So we're modeling success, which is one of the laws of NLP. And by the way, stay tuned until the very end, We, as we have a special gift for you that is at no cost to you. It is the success patterns checklist and the success loss checklist. And today, as you know, I always have great guest experts, but today I went, we're going way back, like way, way back. And I wish I could tell you that I have this person here in person, which I don't, and it would be kind of creepy if I would. But today we're going to look at the genius of success patterns of Aristotle. Now, I have read the book by Robert Diltz on success, uh, on genius, and how how we can learn from people that have long passed and given us incredible patterns for us to follow that they have modeled. And Robert Diltz has put it in a series of books. And I'm going to highlight Aristotle today. So as I always do, with a warm welcome, help me welcome our guest expert today, Aristotle. So uh, Mr. Aristotle, as we are humbly uh, inviting you in and uh, deciphering the, the patterns that you have so beautifully laid out, let me introduce you and give you due um, 
uh, do respect where respect is uh, is definitely part of this show. So Aristotle is the fa father of modern science. Aristotle, undoubtedly one of the most influential genius of Western civilization, right? And if there's something special about Aristotle, and if you don't walk away with anything else, he learned from Plato, and Plato referred to him as the mind. He was never good at one thing, but he had this beautiful ability to look at the deeper workings of things, right? In NL, from an LP point of view, Aristotle had his very own effective strategy for modeling and really peeling back the layers of the onion of whatever he was focusing on and whatever he was uh, studying at the moment. And I think we can agree he studied many things on many occasions. So I want to go through a few strategies that leads us all the way back to Aristotle. And one of the first strategies is the first principles. Now I have a, uh, I have a share that I want to share with you. So bear with me as I am looking for the share. Um, okay. So here we are with the first principles. Now, let me share that with you so you can see it. So Aristotle's strategy for finding the first principles. And let me go into those first principles. So he is looking, he's first of all deciphering uh, and collecting together a group of similar examples for something that each share of the quality to be analyzed. So he's looking for a cluster and then looking for the common denominator in that cluster, right? And then he's comparing the examples and looking for some quality that they all have in common. So that's that common denominator. And then he's finding a second group of different examples that also share the quality that is collected together and compared in the same manner. And that quality then unifies as the second group in order to find the quality that they might share. So first there's one group and we're finding the common, common denominator of that one group. Then he's clustering a different group, finding the common denominator there. And then he's bringing the common denominator of those two groups and, and finding the common denominator here. So if the unifying quality of group one has something in common with the unifying quality of group two, we have gotten another step closer of that first principle. Now, why is that first principle so important? Well, when you have the first principle, you actually have, one of my mentors used to call it, uh, one of my mentors used to call it, the, the actually have some clay to mold, actually to have something to work with, or else you're just taking, you know, you're taking stuff out of thin air and stuff, being a technical term. So he then, from that point, uh, the overlaps of group one of group two 
he is using that as clay. And now he's gathering more information by asking quality questions. And if you've ever studied with me, you know I am a seeker and the queen of quality questions. Um, he is looking for more in-depth information that he can then take his knowledge and his studies deeper into. So then he, um, the strategy, the strategy of Aristotle to study of genius, we must continuous, continuously, and I'm taking this from Robert Diltz's book, uh, pose these four basic questions. In this case, the thing we're exploring is the genius, okay? Rearranging the order of Aristotle's question slightly, we must ask, does the genius, in fact, exist? If so, what is the nature of the genius? What are the attributes of the genius? And when we have identified what we think are the attributes of the genius, we must then ask, and this is question number three, are those attributes, in fact, connected to the genius? And question number four is, if so, what is the reason or cause for that connection? Aristotle's purpose in asking these four questions was not really to end up with four different answers, but rather than to converge the one single answer for that first principle. Do they all come to that first principle? Do they all have an overlap in what he is looking for? And if not, he's going to test more. Now we're going to go into test, um, operate test exit, the tote model later on. So the first principle is one of the, one of the uh, profound strategies that we can thank Aristotle for. The next model, and there are many, many models. I'm only uh, going through a very high level excerpt of some of the models that we can thank Aristotle for. The next model is the SOAR model. Let me go ahead and share my screen again on the SOAR model. Uh, the SOAR model stands for The SOAR model stands for state, operate, and result. That means you want to check in if you uh, have ever heard of the laws of NLP. And remember, there's a checklist at the end that I'm going to give to you. The If you, if you are not getting the results that you desire... You might want to check in or you do want to check in with your state of mind. So in which frame of mind, in which state are, are you operating in to actually get to that result? Or do you constantly want to get to a specific re result, but you constantly find yourself in, in a funky state, in a state that you're not getting the things done that you want to get done and you're not able to operate. So you are actually getting to the results. If you are the, the state, the quality of your state of mind equals the quality of your results. I'm going to say that again. The quality of your state of mind equals the quality of your results. So if you are, if you are not getting the results, what can you do to change your state? What can you do to change your state of mind? And in order to do that, you first have to be aware that quite frankly, 
you are in a funky state of mind. You are in a state of mind of questioning yourself, or you are in a state of mind of not being confident or having a bad mood or disliking the task that you're doing. So taking inventory, becoming aware of what's going on between your ears and what is the well-formed outcome, was it, what is the result that you desire to get in order to get there? So once the relevant parameters have been defined, the problem solver, which is you, must formulate a guidance strategy in order to find the sequence of operators that will lead from the starting state to the goal state. I had a... Uh, a group of um, coaches this morning that I trained and they asked, you know, so if I have a specific well-formed outcome, if I have a specific result, is that what I focus on? Well, if that is the only thing that you focus on, maybe, but what if you can focus on beyond the result and focus on the benefit, focus on your state of mind? How are you feeling after you've helped a group of people? How are you feeling after you've trained an organization sales team? How have you, how do you feel after you have helped someone get unstuck or insert whatever you have as a well-formed outcome? How does that make you feel? And here's the bigger question, how do they feel? And what kind of impact does their changed state have on their family, on their business, on their customers, on their kids, on their friends. So there's a greater ripple in that. So state, operate, and result. So you want to tap into the state of mind that is beyond the result. You want to tap into how are you feeling, what are your benefits, but more importantly, what is the person that you're working with or the people that you're working with or the entire team that you're working with? How do they benefit and who else benefits from that? Soar, state, operate, state, exit. So there are some uh, basic types of causes that go within that because we're either living at cause or in effect. So at cause being... Uh, being aware of the strategy and of the mindset that you are in. And if it's a funky one, and if it's that, you know, kind of a non-supporting one, you might want to change that. You might actually want to go out and look for what other better state of mind could I be in, in order to have a different result, in order to have a different outcome. This is the genius of Aristotle. And now that we're paying um, gratitude and respect to these strategies that go, that go way, way, way back into ancient uh, Greek philosophy, it is so much more profound of how we're using it every day and how it is from where I'm standing, pretty much a very well-used strategy overall. So you want to live at cause rather than in effect. Now we've talked about cause and effect uh, before, but I want to, um, I want to share, let me move my name here 
and give Mary, Mr. Aristotle uh, the whole floor. So at cause is you are in charge. You are in charge of your state of mind. You are in charge of your thoughts. You're in charge of your feelings. You have power over your doings, uh, over your actions, and therefore you have power over your results. They are your responsibility. And when you live at cause, you are not living in excuses or in arguments or in any kind of stuff that you that will hold you back. Now, because holding back, that's just a way of thinking. And that's just a, a mindset that one has because you're in charge. So you decide what you're going to, what are the things are you going to allow, give power to holding you back or not? Living in effect is the exact opposite. And I'm going to say 97% of the population live in effect. Oh, this happened to me because, here we go into an explanation or even worse, an excuse, or because it's their, for, their fault or because they did that or because they said that. First, first of all, who is they? And when was the last time you gave them power over your emotions and over your actions? So living in effect is you're literally giving away your power and you are allowing other people to have power over your feelings, over your mindset of how you think, feel, and therefore what you're going to do. If someone really ticked you off and you're like, now I'm ticked off, now I really don't want to do that. Well, that's not going to hurt anyone but yourself, right? So think think about, are you? would you rather live at cause or in effect? Then a beautiful, another beautiful strategy that, uh, thanks to Mr. Aristotle, is the timeline perception or the time perception. We have the through time timeline where we are more disassociated. We're basically standing in front of our timeline and very strategic people are, and, and, and I would say, and I don't want to cluster it too much or generalize it too much, but um, people that operate in the left uh, hemisphere of their brain are more likely to be like a through timeline. They're more distanced, they're disassociated, they're able to look at their past and into their future and see the present where it is right now, but not being part of it. So in a disassociated state. So it is, they are it is easier for, for those three through timeline people to see without being emotionally attached, right? So they can plan better. They can see the big picture better. They can gather all of the information, gather all of the knowledge, right? So that's the through timeline. Now, the uh, in timeline is more of the creative, visionary type of personalities that make use of that strategy. So they're in it, they're associated. Their present is right here, right now where they are at. And um, for them to look into the future, they're literally turning and looking into the future on their timeline or their past is behind them. Where the through timeline 
basically just looked at it left and right. The in timeline, they're living it, they're in it, they're associated. And then um, he says here, there's a common saying that human affairs form a circle and that there is a circle in all other things that have a natural movement of coming into being and passing away. This is Mr. Aristotle speaking. This is because of all other things are discriminated by time and end and begin as though conforming to a cycle. For even time itself is thought to be a circle. So to say that things that come into being form a circle is to say that there is a circle of time. And so to say it is measured by circular movements. And I would totally agree on that. Now, what I said earlier with the SOAR model, uh, paying attention to our state of mind, paying attention of how we operate, paying attention to what is the benefit, what is what is the result and what is the benefit and who else benefits? What's the benefit of the benefit? And what is the end uh, state of mind, not just for one person, but for everyone involved and the people that are in that network. So there is a, uh, there is a either upward circular movement of being in the state of mind where you are getting things done, where you are in control of your, um, of your feelings or power over your state of mind where you're not giving it, giving it away, where you are operating at cause. And that is a circular movement, not just going upward, but also creating a bigger circular movement, the further it goes up. The same now happens going down, only it is a non-supportive, in effect, mindset and actions. So as we are, either may you be a through timeline or a in timeline, you may create those circles going up as there's a constant movement and progression, or if you're not aware and if you're not ready to make a change, it can also drag you, literally drag you down and pull you down. So are you, here's, the, here's that million dollar question, are you willing to do whatever it takes to be at cause and to take those that inventory and to use new strategies well, I'm saying new. Thank you, Mary, Mr. Aristotle. They might be new. They might be not so new. And yet they're very valid. As humans, we are hardwired to live from hands-on teachers and, and use and utilize um, content-rich strategies and structures that have been proven over time. And that is why we go and highlight these strategies of genius. It'll be Aristotle today. It'll be another one in a few weeks. So Aristotle's model of the mind is beautifully um, explained with the toad model. Now, if you've never heard of the toad model, let me describe it to you very easy. It is you are testing um, how you are getting to a specific outcome in the future. So there's a test. You are looking for evidence. Will this work? Will this stick? What other things do I need to do? Which other actions do I need to take? So operate. And then I test it again. 
okay, with all of my values, with all of my beliefs, with all of the steps that I'm taking, will this have the, the outcome that I desire? And if it's if the second test is a yes, then you can exit. So test, operate, test, exit. So if the second test in the tote model, test, operate, test, exit, in the second test, if it does not answer all of your questions with a, yep, we're going, that's, that's exactly where I want to go. You want to go back into operate. You want to adjust. You don't want to just, you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but you want to adjust one or two things that you know is going to either have a different action, uh, will have a, um, a different, uh, next step and therefore a different domino effect. So you can then go into exit. Now, some of my clients say, well, that's all fine and dandy, but I kind of get stuck. Here's the, the circular motion again, the, the movement. I kind of get stuck in test, operate, test, operate, test, operate, test, operate, and they never exit because they think they come from that mindset of, but it's got to be perfect, but I got to do it exactly the right way. Well, how is the right way? Let me tell you really quick what I did with uh, the new school the other day. I'm mentoring students and they were presenting to Shark Tank. They had like a whole Shark Tank set up here at Atlanta Tech Village. It was absolutely beautiful. The kids got to pitch an entrepreneurship class. They got to pitch their business and the winner actually got a $1,000 funding. So I, the kids that I mentored, I said, okay, so now you've prepared your slides. You have revisited your script. You have uh, been studying it. You have been performing it on video. Now is the time to let go of all of that. Let go of the expectation of what the outcome is because you already know what the outcome is going to be because we visualized it. Now go up there and do it just like it comes out of your mouth because I know they've practiced, I know they've studied it, I know they have it in, they have it internalized, but not necessarily verbatim, but I said, here's the thing, all of the people in the audience, everyone that's, uh, th that's a, a judge or, or a shark, if you will, they don't know what's going to come out of your mouth next. So there is no right or wrong. And that's where often we get so stuck in being, um, being a perfectionist, rather than just giving our absolute best. And can I say that all of these kids that stood on that stage, that presented their business, that present, that pitched uh, the, the, the sponsorship and the funding, they all did an incredible job because they all gave their best. Now, some kids, oh boy, their nerves got the best of them. And yet they gave their very best in the situation that they were in. So test, operate, test go back if you see okay that second test we gotta we gotta fine tune a little bit and then exit don't get stuck in that loop of test operate test operate test operate test operate one of my clients who's a high knowledge who's a uh, uh appreciates knowledge and uh, and uh data and information and just wants to get it always perfectly right uh, I gave him a permission to test operate three times. 
fine tune it three times and then exit and then go do it. And then he can still come back and do more test operate, test exit. So T-O-T-E, test operate, test exit is another incredible strategy. Now we can go on and on about other strategies that Mr. Aristotle uh, so gracefully shared with us over the past um, centuries. And I'm very grateful that Mr. Robert Diltz has shared it with us in his book, uh, The Strategies of Genius. And that is the excerpt of what the segments that I'm doing today and another one that I'm doing in a few weeks. Go and read more on these old um, ancient philosophers and see what other strategies you can model from them. See what other incredible work you can extract from them and follow that and test it and use it and create those well-formed outcomes, not just for you, but for the people that you get in touch with. So I want to uh, thank you for um, allowing me to have an expect, a guest expert today that is not necessarily living anymore, but I know that all of his models and strategies are in our everyday life. And for that, I am very grateful. I thank you for being here with me today for this special edition with Aristotle. I'm going to say, oh, I did have a, a gift for you. Glad that you didn't let me forget. Here's the gift. This is the success loss checklist. Go to bit.ly, so bit.ly slash center of NLP and go ahead and get your success patterns checklist right there. Bit.ly slash center of NLP. That rhymes and everything that rhymes is absolutely beautiful. Follow me on all of the social media, Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, you name it. I'm there. This is the Success Pattern Show. I will see you again next week, same time, same place. Make it a great one. Until then, ciao. Thank you for tuning in to the Success Pattern Show at www.thesuccesspatternshow.com. My name is Brigitte Hufelet.